0: Zynga's stocks plummet, the broken Fez patch is still broken, and was Dead Space too scary? All that, plus more, on today's MASHcast. mashcast i'm jared i'm here with senior editor rob hill williams we're back we're back again and i'm also here with uh, podcast host and contributor nick zelenkevich
1: hey how's everybody doing
0: yes and i we well i we deeply apologize for last week it was not intended that there would be no mashcast just technical difficulties and then things not matching up it
1: wasn't you know, a good I, week Go I, ahead. I don't even think that's the main thing we need to apologize for we promised uh, uh, Gabe and Rafiki, and we did not give them that image.
0: That is true. And you know, that's my fault, because Nick actually did make that image for me a little bit later. I just never replaced it.
1: Can, can we use it for this week?
0: Sure. Yes. Uh, why not? Yeah. The uh, the, 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 for, the for shame cast. I, I, I'm for shame. <laughs> uh, but, uh, sorry. We,
1: we didn't mean to hit you, cast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, what have you been playing, Rob?
2: Uh, well, I picked up Saints Row the Third again. Already had it on a PlayStation Three, but Steam sale rolled through, seventy-five percent off, and I wanted to play co-op with you know friends because I. It's just such a ridiculous game that like there's only more fun to be had playing co-op. So bought it again. Already gotten further on PC than I got on PlayStation Three, and it's. Just still really fun. I really just think it was an underrated game. Um, well, that's what else have I been playing, honestly? See, I always forget at this point because it's been so long now that I'm like, man, all these games. Um, I mean, there, I've played things that I can't talk about, <laughs> and I bought a lot of things. Um, but what else did I play? Uh, Damn. I know, it's really sad because i played stuff. Oh, you know what I played? And actually, anything else past it doesn't even really matter. Um, I played Dear Esther, finally.
0: Ooh,
2: ooh. Y- and you know what? I liked it well enough, but um, that was a, a really, like, in my brain, like, a very dark, dark fucking game. Yes. Like yes. disturbing dark. Like people yes. are like, "Oh man, it's so beautiful on the landscape." And I'm like, "That is the most foreboding game I think I might have ever played." Like it doesn't outright go towards trying to scare you, but it comes pretty close. Like it's, not- it's a very psychological yes. game. Yes. And it's it was not- good, but yeah, just
1: Yeah, it's not scary like there's monsters jumping out at you or anything, but yeah, when you really start to think about what's going on, that's when it really gets frightening. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like, there's so many interpretations for what yes. could possibly be going on, but I—I I mean, that's what makes it interesting. So, I mean, it was—it was—it was a good play, and it was certainly worth it. What was like five bucks or whatever, like on the Steam sale. So, I mean, that was the major one. I've played other stuff, but I, I, uh, past you know, Dear Esther, like being like the, I guess my pick of the week that I played. I think I still like Journey better because I guess maybe I like the more hopeful tone. Yes. But even though Journey's kind of depressing as well but like overall it's not as as darkly just you're reading a murder mystery depressing sort of thing um but the was good too it was a it was a similar experiment i mean as we've already said but I finally got to play it so that's it for me
1: all right what about you nick uh let's see still playing the secret world played some uh actually i i know i'm not really supposed to talk about wow but uh i played the pet battles in the uh the mist of pandaria beta and uh that didn't feel like playing wow that very much felt like uh playing some kind of pokemon hybrid and it was uh it was it was it was an it was an awesome enough experience that i feel compelled to talk about it now um and i i wrote a little uh i wrote a little bit about for for my wow thoughts uh, up on the site um but I think uh, I, I think this is a significant change to the World of Warcraft. That uh, it it adds it adds something that wasn't there before. It uh, I don't know it, it, it it's 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 a whole separate game. They implemented an entirely separate game in there. It's it's a, it's it's impressive to see, and I can't wait till it's it's polished and final and comes out uh, uh, with the with the, the game the expansion proper in uh, in September.
0: Okay, that's all. That's all you got.
1: Uh, I mentioned secret world, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's about it. Okay, I played Secret World
2: and Secret World. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, let's see, I, these last two weeks have been terrible in terms of gaming for me. I've I bought a lot of games. Actually, I've re- I rebought Alan Wake because the whole thing was ten dollars. Like Alan I bought Wake, it too.
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Wake, never played it, but or never got to play much of it. So
0: it was like Alan Wake plus American Nightmare was ten dollars. And American Nightmare by itself on Steam was fifteen dollars. I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. Especially since it's you know looks better on, on PC. Not to mention, I, I probably need to go through at this point. I need to go through Alan Wake again. I just hope that it has um, it has the DLC with it. Because uh, I didn't see any mention t- about the DLC on Steam. If not, sure, I'll just play the DLC on fucking Xbox. Cause I have it already. But uh, I finally beat Max Payne. Like it's not that Max Payne is a long long game. You can probably get a good ten hours out of it. Uh, if you play on normal, maybe, uh, you know, more than that, you play on hard, and I was playing on hard, and I was just savoring it, like, I got to the last level, and I just decided to play it, like, you know, like, two weeks after I got there, <laughs> uh, cause I was out, I was out sick one day, and I, uh, for, for my regular job, and I fucking loaded it up and started playing the last level, and that, that game, man, that game was such... An awesome game. Like, they made a blockbuster game, like, a, you know, a Hollywood-style blockbuster game without having tons of explosions <laughs> and, you know, retarded dialogue and just dude-bro moments. It was such a... Like, one of the... One of my favorite gaming moments now is, you know, playing as Max Payne fighting through an airport terminal. You know, so that was... Anybody who's played the game and got to that point, like, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, it's just... It's just a really awesome part of the game, you know. Also, he does this thing where he jumps from a moving train to a moving train through a window. That was pretty cool too. <laughs> but um, other than that, oh, I'm I'm gonna replay it on what's called old school mode, which basically it's a brutal difficulty, but you don't have any last stands. And Max Payne, if you have pain colors and you get shot, like you have, if you get and you get shot like a kill shot. Uh, You know, you have no health left. It does this thing where it goes into slow motion, and if you can shoot the guy who shot you, you come back. It's called Last Stand. So that's going to be going in the hardest level, which that is going to make things extremely difficult in that game. Uh, And I did play a bit of the multiplayer, and it is much better on PC as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't even know if I can say I played Crater. I played Crater for six minutes.
2: Well, I guess you didn't like it then, or you just didn't have time.
0: (laughs) I didn't have time. The reason I booted it up is because I got the collector's edition, and I was trying to find out, which actually I never even found out, because it comes with the the album. I was trying to find out how exactly do I access the album. Because
2: oh I, yeah, they always put the music and stuff in your in your Steam folder and stuff, like yeah, well, buried, <laughs> just buried all the way deep into that directory.
0: Yeah, like I, that, you know, I figured that, and I, after I got in for like six minutes, I had to go somewhere, so I never really, uh, I never really uh, went back and looked, but you know, that's why I played Creative for six minutes. It looks good. <laughs> I could tell you that much. Like from what I saw, I'm like, okay, this looks interesting. I definitely. Want to try it, I definitely want to play more, but uh there's just been some things happening that have been keeping me really, really fucking busy. It's not cool, bro. Not cool. <laughs> but uh yeah basically that's what I've been playing hopefully next week. Um I did get some I did get you know I got some Starcraft in, but deal with the with the issues I've been dealing with uh for the last two weeks, being really busy I was just so frustrated that I was making stupid mistakes and playing starcraft is making me make you know making me more frustrated kind making dumb mistakes. And the only person I can blame is myself, so that really didn't help as the uh you know the 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 uh i guess the calming thing that it normally does for me or the soothing thing my my therapeutic starcraft but um yeah that's that's it for me and uh let's just move on to the to the topics. And the first topic is regarding Zenga and their stock dropping by a whopping forty one percent. Um yeah, that's that's obviously no small number. But uh basically what happened is they recently they released a press release which, you know, you know ultimately it talked about their uh you know, I guess their forecast, their 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 forecast is declining. Uh, they're not going to expect them to make as much money as they were before. And they're blaming things like, oh, well, Facebook, uh, they changed the way they promote games and that's affecting them because it's just Facebook only, they're only promoting new games and existing games are suffering because of it. it yeah. This, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and um, then also there has been a delay in launching new games I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't find anybody to copy that they haven't already copied. Aren't they coming out with like a Burned. Farm... <laughs> Are they coming out with like a Farmville 2 soon? Like, I, I think it's one of the titles they're working on. Farmville 2. You know?
2: Great uh, job, guys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so original. But, uh, yeah, so 41% stock drop. Just like that. Actually, you know, if you remember when they went public in the beginning, um, their their stock didn't go for as much as they thought it was anyway, and ever since they had you know their stocks were open, they've been having trouble keeping that up, you know.
2: Yeah, it seems to be a trend. I mean, uh, their valuation was supposed to be like the highest valuation you know ever, and it wasn't bad, but ten bucks was for per share was not what they were going for, and I mean the drop like it had already dropped before because this drop took it to two ninety nine. So, I mean, like
0: those are Steam sale prices. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you could buy Zynga for the price of Saints Row Third on Steam. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, it's the thing that really, I, I think, stands out. I mean, amongst everything else. I mean, amongst the fact that the stock is crashing so hard is their acquisition of draw something. And that not being like the magic bullet that I think that they hoped it was going to be because it was massively popular for a little while and then all of a sudden like their daily you know active user number started crashing it's so they were like, like oh crap we just paid a whole bunch of money for something and it's not really worth much
1: how, how did they not see that coming though because that's sort of the cycle of all the games is they have like a high user base and then as people get bored of them they move on to the next thing so it's almost like why if you know that's how it works because that's what you
0: do why would you i think I have grab an something hmm? i think this- i have an answer for that Oh, what's the answer I'm legitimately the pe- curious the people up top don't know what they're doing <laughs> you know what I'm saying like it, they don't like they uh, it just feels like I think we've talked kind of talked about it before it feels like the guys up top kind of ignore the reality of the situation when it comes to mobile well, let's say casual gaming in general you know mobile games um, casual Facebook games that crowd has no loyalty you know what i'm saying they're going for like a quick a quick fix a quick game something that's quick and fun and then when the new version of that comes out they'll move on to that yeah but i I can understand
2: what have you done for me lately
1: yeah but I, i can understand saying like you know like you know just some random company that that the executives don't understand like casual gaming, but this is Zynga. That's what they do. Like, how did you get to be Zynga if you didn't understand what you were doing? It, it's because almost your like
2: stocks drop forty one percent because you <laughs> don't have very good games that keep people engaged. Because you don't make good games, you make time sinks that cost people money. Yeah, and you people keep, you know, you keep, you know clinch on to that and stay and keep just feeding you money and that is not a long-term strategy i mean like it's been said since well before their valuation ever came up by lots of people including us and it's just kind of i think just proof in the pudding well
0: they were they were doing so well for so long because they were constantly churning out games you know farmville castleville cityville whatever the fuckville
2: you yeah know? and yeah. then they and then by the time the valuation happened it was like oh they have a new game coming out i remember one of the we were talking about a new game they had coming out and and like we didn't you didn't know it existed i mean like jared specifically you were like i didn't even know that existed but like apparently they were spending like hundreds and thousands to millions of dollars in marketing and it's like where exactly. <laughs> Who are they? who were they marketing it to yeah so they're just missing on all points, I guess.
0: And this is the thing, like, I, you know, some people say that there's no, like, you know, no, there's no real difference in gamers, but they need to treat casual gamers like casual gamers and core gamers like core gamers and stop trying to just, I guess, I don't know, maybe uh, just get the maximum out of everybody. Like, when you have a target market in gaming, are you going for the casual or are you going for the core? Because with the core, you spend a little extra time, and they, you know, for something I'll make them want to play that game, and they will keep playing that game. There's still people playing Counter Strike 1.6, but with the casuals, like we said a little earlier, they play it for a little bit. Something better comes out, they move on.
1: But one, one, one quick question though: the people still playing Counter Strike 1.6, are they paying for it? Or they bought that game, you know, however many years ago, and they've just been living off that initial purchase? So even if they get get somebody to, like, buy, you know, even as much as you buy, what, a game on Facebook, I guess, in that case, you're only looking for, uh, you're only looking for the views anyway, so it doesn't matter.
0: Well, there's a lot of people who play 1.6 simply because they bought it a long time ago, but there's people who still buy 1.6 now because, actually, you know, I know people who play Counter-Strike GO or Counter-Strike Source, and, you know, they play with a group of people and they like, hey, let's play some 1.6, and they will just go and buy 1.6 because it's so fucking cheap, you know? So those units are still moving. They're not using moving massive units. but I don't think Valve is really depending on that, you know. But cool. yeah, like, hey, like, we'll see if Zenga can can turn this thing around.
2: You know, <laughs> they're they're not completely broke
0: yet. Damn it. We're getting I'm, close though.
2: Yeah, and, and the and the stupid part is that and, and actually this was something that somebody else said on Twitter, but they were like, even if Zynga crashes tomorrow, like all those bad decision makers in that company are just gonna go get jobs elsewhere in the gaming industry.
0: Yeah, like I let Zynga go go when I was up at the top yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah. We'll, we'll see what Zynga does. If if the uh if the beast dies or not, but some good news on the stock market. At least I consider it good news some people may not care. THQ avoided delisting uh from the stock market. You know, they had the whole thing where they had to meet the minimum bid price for 10 consecutive business days and they met that so they get to stay on the stock market. They get people that, you know, people are allowed to buy their stocks which, you know, puts more money into their company so they can make more games. And I am really for this because we need more big publishers.
2: We for we sure. don't want to get into a monopoly situation. Exactly.
0: That's exactly.
2: So cool. It's not so much that we need big publishers because man, we love them; they're so great to us. But like, we need to not have a monopoly or a, a duopoly, which is what we're about to <laughs> we're, we're getting dangerously close to if yeah. any other companies fall out. Like in terms
0: of big publishers, uh, I would say you have you have EA, Activision, Take Two. I was gonna say two two K, but I think two K is owned by Take Two or vice versa, so I think they're the same. Uh, and then you have Ubisoft and a lot of these publishers, in my opinion, are getting, well, I'm not maybe not necessarily take two because they have rockstar under their belt and, you know, 2k has like, you know, gearbox and stuff like that. So those guys take a bit, like they take, you know, larger risks, it seems, but like, you know, EA Activision, Ubisoft, they're kind of getting settled into the same cycles and doing the same things over and over again. And the more publishers you have, especially somebody in a case like you know THQ, where they're like a caged animal, man. They're backed in the corner. Like you know, they need to they need to come out the gate big. They need uh, something that's gonna sell. So they're gonna the old things weren't working. They're gonna try new things. Hopefully, if they're smart. Oh, <laughs> well, hopefully, if they're smart, they they will try new things, new IPs, new way not necessarily new ways to play the game, but new gameplay mechanics. You know stuff that EA and Activision may not necessarily want to try because they're comfortable. You know that's why I am 100% behind. You know THQ and this, like come on, come out and make some good games. That's that's really all I want. <laughs> make Dude, some good games, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they're definitely gonna have to try new things because I mean they've gotten out of the the kids business, which for as what, what is it the uh, what is it that uh, F- Farrell says that, that was their bread and butter. Yeah. So, I mean, the the fact that they're you know they've they've repositioned the company in that way it's they they you know they haven't left themselves selves a lot of options. They have to try new stuff because yeah. what they were doing wasn't working. That's what almost got them delisted.
0: Yeah, and actually I do like the fact that they recognized what 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 the big problem was the fact that they didn't move quickly enough out of the business, and I like the fact that they are focusing on the core. You know that they they are focusing on the core. So I think if they mix that with sensible budgeting, which they have to do at this point. You know, I think I think we're gonna see some good things out of THQ. Robbie, you got anything? Uh,
2: no, I think it'll just—it's gonna work out. <laughs> like, uh, well, not—it's just gonna work out. But I think it's a step in the right direction to not get delisted because that was a big thing that was kind of one of those things that's like that's a hard bullet to dodge, and they somehow managed to dodge it. So hopefully, you know, they have some strong IPs. They, you know, it's not a bad company or anything. They're not necessarily failing because they don't have anything to offer, you know, the gaming community or anything. So, I hope they make it.
1: Yeah. So This is the first, like, optimistic THQ piece in a while.
2: Yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot of good news. I think the last good news was really, like, that Saints Row sold, like, how well Saints Row sold for them, but, like, even in the midst of everything else that was happening, that wasn't really great news, considering how bad everything else was selling. So, yeah, yeah, this is actually just unmitigated good news. They're not out of the woods yet, but Good news.
0: Yeah. If they continue, like, you know, Saints Row 3 was a good game. Uh, Darksiders 2 was a good game. And they get that quality, you know, notch under their belt. The core will respond and the core will buy their games, you know. And uh, let's hopefully they can pull out of this hole. And then don't forget, you know, who helped you out of it, you know, <laughs> when that time comes. But uh, moving on to our next topic, uh, speaker i guess we, we were speaking of EA a little bit. But uh, I, I didn't even know that there was a lawsuit for the Madden monopoly. Apparently, there was. I was not aware of this. Good. Yep. Yeah, there was a there was a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit. So now, when you buy a Madden game, they might have that special, you know, license agreement in the box. By opening this box, you agree to not take us to class ac- to trial by class action lawsuit. But uh, that's. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen, folks. I'll just kind of I'd, I'd,
1: I'd expect it's already there now. But, I mean, by this point, it seems pretty standard that that's getting into all the EULAs. But I think, luckily, in this case, this, this goes back to games from 2005. So I don't yeah. think lawyers were hip to that strategy at the time.
0: Right. Well, basically, uh, to give a synopsis, there was a, uh, a $27 million sell- settlement uh, in that class action lawsuit that EA is paying out. Uh, as a ga- this is going go to go to consumers who bought those games? But you really can't. Uh, I wouldn't expect too much of a payday, guys, because you're either gonna get you're gonna get somewhere between one dollar ninety five cents and six dollars and seventy not seventy nine cents. Woo, cha, ching! Yeah, no, like the lawyers won big in that game, in that one. The lawyers <laughs> always win big in class action lawsuits, and EA they lost. But you know who knows? They made twenty seven million may not be that big of a deal to them. Whatever. Uh, but I guess the biggest part of the deal is that they. Well, their their contract with Madden uh, expires in 2014, and I guess from now, I don't know if the if this restriction starts in 2014 or if it starts now. But for the next five years, they can't sign any exclusive deals.
1: I don't understand how they could ever sign any exclusivity deals. I mean, when they when they announced that they had locked up the NFL, I mean that that. I, I, I mean, everybody kind of said it felt like they had a monopoly on, on the NFL games, and and the, the, I mean the fact that it took this long to sort of get some some you know justice, and I'm, I'm using that term loosely, but it, it, it's I don't know, it's a bit surprised. it's a bit surprising. I, I, this all I feel like this all should have happened much sooner. I feel like this never should have been able to happen in the first place.
0: Well, I mean the thing of oh, money, sorry, money, go ahead money. yeah. Well, uh, first hey. of all, yeah, you throw enough money at the situation. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean they were they were under fire from 2K and it, and 2K was selling a better football game, well, yes. arguably better football game for yes. le, a lot less money. Yes. So much so that Madden had to drop from fifty dollars, which was you know the price point at the time, to to play ball with them at thirty dollars, and 2K was still under you know still yep. going at twenty bucks. Like, they 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 were desperate, so they they had they had to sign that deal really, but. The sad part is that even if this is justice now it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, it's not gonna like nobody nobody I mean Pactor says it in the in this article, but he says that you know Take Two was burned by Major League Baseball only and only Konami and Take Two make sports games in is, soccer it, and see, NBA. See, he,
1: I, I, as much as I love Pactor, I disagree with him on this point. I think that if, I mean you look at the fact that Take Two had the better game at the time. I think the only like, reason nobody's the, been we'll, nobody's been able to compete with them in the football arena because they don't have the NFL license. We had that stupid what was it? We had that Lawrence Taylor football game. I mean, we, we we've had some attempts to create sort of a rival. Fran- football franchise and it doesn't work because you know you don't have you the names no on the jerseys yeah. and so now now that that's up for grabs again i don't see any reason why take two isn't like hey people loved us in 2005 when we were forced out of the market if we come back triumphant like hey you know here we are you know ea here's the game ea doesn't want you to play then by all i i think they can come back and, and, and steal some of the thunder
2: I think that you are outrageously optimistic, <laughs> considering just only only because if it had been a year, maybe two years, I would agree with you that there was a possibility, but it's been so many years now that EA Sports has actually swallowed a lot of those people from visual concepts, or those people are working on NBA, like, there's, none of those people are left, like, even if they could get, you know, the teams back together to make that, make that, you know, great football game, th- who? Who is, you know, who's left? Who's left maybe, anymore? That... They,
1: maybe they can hire the people at Zynga. Let's go.
2: Zynga <laughs> <laughs> well, people don't want to work on real games.
0: Uh, well, here's the thing about about Madden. First of all, I, I'm pretty sure you know a bunch, maybe you too, Nick, but I know a bunch of people who buy Madden Gearly They fucking hate that game. Yes. They, they they hate, they hate, yeah. But they buy it because it's the only game yes. that they have. See, I think wow. there's
2: there's an outside possibility that some other developer publisher could come into that space, but I don't. People clamoring for 2K to come back, that I don't think that'll happen.
0: Well, obviously, I don't know if it's gonna be 2K for sure, but I definitely think somebody can step up and take the reins. Reason being, the reason why Madden stays so stagnant is because the fan base is so huge that it can't move. EA is worried that if it makes changes that are too big that it's going to, you know, uh, some people aren't going to like it. Which, that's just what happens when you have, you know, mass, mass appeal like that. And that's kind of what, in my opinion, is what's drowning the series. So, if a new developer comes in, period, as long as they have a good team behind them, I think they can make a better game than Madden because they can do... It's like, okay, what do people want but Madden's not doing? What is Madden Madden not doing that people want? And they can try it. They can try it. Like, they, you know, that's what 2K did before. Because even before 2K, I mean, it was Madden. And that's exactly what they did. What is Madden not doing that people want? And they made a better game. They did it with NBA 2K, and they did it with uh, you know their football series. So I think that uh, another company is going to come in. Uh, not, I don't know if it's going to be 2K or not. I think it might be 2K, since they have a recognizable name out of everybody. But you never know thought somebody was gonna say something, that's why I stopped. <laughs> I heard, I heard a breath.
1: No, I'm, I'm, I'm just remaining relentlessly optimistic on this. I, I want, I want a different football game. I'm looking and forward man, to that. And
2: you are, you are relentlessly optimistic. I just, I just think it, that too much time's gone by. But, but, I, you, even you, with people that hate it, even people that say that if you really actually hated it, you wouldn't buy it. I, I think that that's the. Like, I, I think I people, I, I think I, people would like an alternative. But I think. If you say, Oh, I hate this, like I hate this, but I buy it every year, you don't actually hate it. I'll
1: admit it. I haven't bought Madden since uh I think what, two thousand five, I think was the last one I got. Or maybe two thousand six, the first one on the Wii. And
0: I if 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 a, if a if a rival football game comes out, I will buy that. Oh well, I I just I know people who are just sports fans, you know, like I know people who Operation sports is their homepage on their computer, you know what I'm saying? So and the thing is they buy it but they might not necessarily play it for that long or they gotta scratch that itch like I know people who used to play Madden all year round all year round they play that game but now I really can't find anybody who really plays Madden all year round they play it when it first comes out and then as a couple months pass by they just drop it so there's definitely there is there is some desire okay. there
2: certainly there is there's room for somebody to come in I just don't think that we'll see it <laughs>
0: I think we will. I think uh, I, I'm the middle guy here. Well, not me. Not I'm leaning more toward Nick. I'm just not like it's definitely gonna happen. I, I got my pre-order. Jesus is that. gonna come in riding on the raptor.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's raptor <Matthew> Jesus. Raptor <laughs> Jesus will be the one that saves us. Uh-oh.
0: So, but uh, yeah, let's let's just hope well, for the best, I guess. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to our next topic here, which is uh, regarding. Actually, more and more Ubisoft, specifically Yves Guillemont, the president of, or, sorry, the CEO of Ubisoft, and uh, basically what he was saying in this statement is that because of the lack of new consoles, uh, it's been stifling creativity. He says that you know when new new consoles help creativity, uh, and I can see that Yeah, because I kind of first was like, what do you mean new consoles, cre- you know, I uh, you know help creativity, but I, I guess in the aspect of the the fact that new consoles bring new abilities to the stage, like you can do things you couldn't do before in both graphics, color, um, and even, like, uh, AI. You can just do new things. Or in, in Nintendo's case, you have brand new controllers, you know? Uh, so I can see how that can help creativity. Uh, but he says that, you know, when, uh, when new consoles come out, that's the time to... Uh, really push new IP and things of that nature because customers are more willing to try things out. And I think that's typically because most launches aren't that great <laughs> for, con- for new consoles. So people are like, you know, they buy a new console, they'll buy anything for it. But the thing that he says after that is that, uh, you know, later on in console life cycles, people don't want to try new things. They know they have, they have their friends that play certain games And then that's what they're going to play, so it's not the time, basically it's what he said, it's not the time to bring out new IP. And I totally disagree with that, because it just kind of shows me that they're maybe not paying attention to what's really happening. At least in the core, because how often are people crying for, you know, new IP, new games, new blood, something? You know, like people getting tired of playing sequels? You know, uh, how, I mean, how much, with as much, as much hype as they're throwing around behind uh, Black Ops 2, how many people do you really hear saying that they want to play it? That they're pumped for it, that they're excited for it, you know?
2: Only the people that have built a zinga like dependence on the game. But no, like, there's not, like... A Modern Warfare 2 or anything kind of like oh my Jesus. Although most of those people though, because they're such casual fans, you're not going to hear them really like get crazy about Black Ops 2 until it comes out. Midnight launches and all the craziness that goes with that. That's that's when you'll hear people get all nutty about it. But uh, otherwise, no. There's There's not a constant clamoring. There's not a community that's like very much all the time like, yeah, we're ready. We're waiting. We're discussing things about this game. It's just consumerism just consuming it when it comes out
0: yeah i think there's definitely gonna be more people talking about it as it you know as when it's coming out but like think about like modern warfare 2 when they first released the trailers for modern warfare 2 people didn't shut the fuck up about it people were just constantly constantly talking about it and then the first bad things you start hearing about is when you know infinity Ward said that there won't be dedicated servers that's when we started hearing the bad news but like before that you know, like, months before it came out, we heard a lot of buzz about it. Not just from, you know, Activision pushing it in our face, but mainly from fans of the series. Whereas with now, even Modern Warfare 3, though, it was less. And in Black Ops 2, it's even less than, than than that. So, like, right now, people want new IPs. Gamers want new IPs. Maybe the casuals don't necessarily care all that much, but I want new IP. You know
2: although in a crazy way casuals care about new IP as much as core gamers do because we've already talked about like casuals are very much well what have you done for me lately so like they want you know a different game from you know Zynga or whatever like it's it's very in a way it almost is new IP I mean none of them are really new but <laughs> Right. Well, a casual,
0: <laughs> a casual, go from Modern Warfare to Black Ops to Modern Warfare Two, Black Ops Two. They'll just go from Call of Duty game to Call of Duty game, and I you mean, know, like you know, any series like that, not just Call of Duty. All Whereas right. with like, you know, like us and this group, who here is excited for Black Ops Two? Cricket. No, yeah, I mean, I'm not. But I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm not really a Call of Duty fan
1: anyway. I don't know. I, I, I see. I feel like as a, as a core fan, I don't think we're the ones clamoring for new IP. I think we just want good games. Like I don't. I don't care if it's a if it's a sequel in an existing IP. If it's a good game, then you know I'll, I'll, I'll be interested in it. Whereas, you know, I think generally, you know, new IPs give you the opportunity to freshen things up. But just because it's you know, you, you can still do that with a sequel. Sometimes you get. You know, you get a game where, where this, you know, look, look at Grand Theft Auto 3 that, you know, that was sort of the game that really, you know, revolutionized that franchise. That wasn't there was an existing IP, but it was the third game in that series that, that, you know, changed everything. Now, and admittedly, that was sort of the first one on the, the, the PS2 console, which sort of talks about the, I guess, the evolution that uh, Guillermo is uh, referring to. But I, I think fundamentally, really, the only people I hear calling for new IPs are other developers. They're sort of, you know, complaining about how things are stagnant. Uh, Who was it? There was the, the the one guy, the artist for uh, um, I can't think of the the, the game, but the, he was talking about getting compared to uh, uh, Bioshock uh, Infinite. Uh, I don't know if you guys if you guys saw the article. Mm, it's
2: don't a, recall
1: it's, it's slipping. It's I think it's like Dissension or something. Maybe Dishonored. A dishonored,
0: um, yeah, yeah, I think,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. But he, but he, he, like, he was complaining that there's no, there's, there's no IP out there that the closest, you know, comparison to their game is, is, is Bioshock, which he said it's not even really that, that comparable. So I, I hear, you know, them. I hear, I think, uh, what, David Cage. I think he said we need more IP, but I don't really hear fans clamoring for that so i don't know maybe i'm just talking to different fans
2: but- fans have become used to i mean like i think that everybody like as long as it's good enough but you don't know it's good enough until you've spent the money on it, and that's part of the problem but i think that anybody's willing to have something new as long as you know they they can be assured that it's going to be good and it's not a waste of money but on the whole i think most people become used to the idea that you know there's gonna be a sequel to something and as long as the game is is good enough. It's okay You know nobody minds an Assassin's Creed 3 or Borderlands 2 because like okay Well, I know I have an idea of what I'm getting But it should be better than what I've gotten before or at least not worse And I think it's just kind of like a, a sedentary thing where people are just like, okay I'll I'll deal well, I'm I, used to it. What's go, the other go, option?
1: I think that speaks more to, I guess, the process with which we iterate our our, our franchises than it does to, I guess, any sort of general creativity. I think if, if, like I said, I think you can can take an existing IP and almost revolutionize it and still use that IP, but I don't think just because, just because you want a good game, I don't think it means you need to go to a new IP.
0: I think uh, it used to be that way. Like when, when, uh, I'll I'll take Max, Max Payne as an example. Anytime Max Payne comes out, there is some type of of a new of a actually a game-changing feature in it, you know, uh, some type of new technology in it. Every time, you know, well, you know, the first Max Payne, of course, introduces bullet time, and of course that fast gunplay. But then you go to Max Payne Two, you have bullet time 2.0, where it changes your speed depending on how many people you're killing, and based on your adrenaline. Not to mention the way it paired together the Havoc's physics engine with the game on everything, and that totally changed, I will not say it totally changed the way you played, but it definitely had a huge impact on how you played and stuff like that. And now you have Max Payne 3 with the, you know, the, and of course, all these games kept the core gameplay together, but the add-ons to it made it, you know, a different experience. So now you have Max Payne 3 where you have the, you know, ridiculously realistic movement you know, and bullet damage, and that adds a whole new aspect to the game and kind of changes the way that you have to play to a degree, you know. Or even looking at the Counter-Strikes, you know, the 1.6 is different from Counter-Strike Source, which is different from Counter-Strike Go. So, you know, I I think it used to be more so that, with sequels, we got the differences in the game were much bigger, but now that doesn't seem to be all that big of a difference you know i mean going from assassin's creed to assassin's creed 2 that was a big difference but going from assassin's creed 2 to assassin's creed brotherhood to assassin's creed revelation not that big of a difference what Were those i mean th- those were sequels
1: but they weren't the the next numerical jump we're going to get assassin's creed 3 this year
2: i don't think that matters though that's still a sequel it's still a sequel it's, yeah yeah i mean like they weren't expansion I, yes, technically i understand what you're saying but when you're talking about, like, this is the only Assassin's Creed that's coming out, you're not getting Brotherhood and 3 in the same year or something. Like, this is the only Assassin's Creed that's coming out, and this is meant to be the next Assassin's Creed. It's still a sequel. Even if you don't put numbers in it or whatever. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, but I, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 finish up, finish up. I'm just saying, like, you know, when I'm thinking about series now, of course you can talk about Call of Duty, but that's one of those... That's, that That has the same problem that... Madden has where it's too big to make big moves, uh, but look at Gears of War going from Gears one, two, and three. What did they really change? Not much, you know. Uh, I don't know. Well, I guess I was gonna say Alan Wake and American Nightmare, but American Nightmare really isn't a sequel to Alan Wake. It almost feels like kind of like a sub game to be honest with you. Uh, it, it was specifically meant to be different. Like it, it wasn't made
2: to more action-based,
0: like, it exactly. wasn't so much a horror like, game. Like, I, I, like, they even said, Alan Wake 2 will be Alan Wake as we remember it, so. Yeah, I think that, like, you know, once they have these IPs, they like, okay, well, people like this IP, and they like, like this, so let's add a little bit more, and then push it back out the door. Whereas, it, it wasn't, that wasn't really the case. You know, I want I was to say back in the early 2000s, late 90s, and before. Unreal Tournament ninety, you know, ninety nine, going to two thousand three, even, but the we, difference between two thousand
1: three and two thousand and four, but, but part of that is we've seen the turnaround on these games even shorten. I mean, they want a yearly installment, so you don't have time to really develop any any like super giant leaps because you you know you pretty much have to take the existing game and sort of you know you know jazz it up a little bit and then send it right back out because you just don't have time for that.
0: That is very true. Very but, very true.
1: But what I, one, one uh, point I want to make, though, is, is, is listening to him basically say, like, it's a terrible time to launch new IP. What does it say about Watchdogs? Because, like, pretty much, like, the fact that they announced watchdogs at E3, like, flies in the face of everything he says here. So I'm kind of wondering, like, is, were they trying to hold that off for the next gen and they couldn't? Or is this like, well, this is really kind of a crappy game, so we're just going to throw it out now before the next gen comes?
2: Eh, saying it's a bad time isn't the same thing as saying that you're not willing to try.
0: Very, very true. You know, but who knows how long this idea was really in development, too. You know, because uh, some people think, somebody, I've heard reports of people saying that this is going to be a next-gen game. From what I saw, this is not a next-gen game. No, it
1: doesn't look like it. I don't think it is.
0: Exactly. Uh, So, I don't know, like, this could have been an idea for a while, and they're like, well, hey, well, let's finally get it out the door. But, yeah, like, like Rob said, just because he he might think it's not the best time, you know, it doesn't mean he's not willing to do it. He, he, he might figure, hey, nobody's released a new IP. Let's try cash in before the next generation. But he but but he just basically said, like,
1: that's not what you do. So,
0: I, I don't know. It just seems not hypocritical. It's just a little confusing. Hey, hey, just, hey. There's a... Listen to what he says, not what he does. <laughs> <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, but I, like I said, I disagree with him on that. on that one point in particular, the rest of it, I can kind of see where he's coming from though. Uh, but moving on to our next topic, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the broken Fez patch, which this information actually dropped last Friday. And this is something that we didn't talk about really on the mash cast before when it happened initially. Uh, but to give everybody who's not in the know a, a bit of a, uh, I guess to catch you up on what happened, um, Fez, well Fez came out, it was a bunch of different problems with it. So uh, Polytron, they made a patch, pushed the patch out, found out the patch was corrupting save files. So they pulled the patch back. Okay, So they were trying to find a fix for it, well, at least that's what it was saying if you know we were hearing reports at first, they were trying to find a fix for it uh then news kind of went dark a little bit about it i think well this happened like a month or two ago didn't it at at this point it happened like it's recent but not that recent but uh now they find on friday they finally say okay we're gonna push the patch out but the problem with the corrupted saves is not fixed the problem with the corrupted saves still exists and the reason why they did not fix that is because if they did they would have to pay $40,000 for Microsoft. Or they didn't say that, but research from other developers has shown that it costs about $40,000 to patch a game on the 360 um, or when you release it on the 360. So they would have to pay $40,000 for that patch. And they're not going to do that because it only affects uh, a small percentage. Actually, it only affects 1% of uh, everyone who has Fez. Now, uh, Phil Fish, uh, one, of the developer, one of the developers at Polytron, believes that the problem only affects users or players who have either completed the game or have played through most of the game. And since it affects such a small number of players that it's not worth spending the $40,000 to actually uh, you know, fix that save issue. Uh, now, one thing that was ha- hasn't been brought to light is that when, when it comes to Microsoft games, Microsoft does give you one free patch, which is why they were able to get the first patch out with no problem. But if they fixed this issue with this patch, it would technically, speaking, count as another patch so the game would have to re- be recertified, and therefore that's why it would cost $40,000. Uh, now, after this... After all that came out, Microsoft did release a statement uh, saying that you know um, it wasn't you know that they that they wanted that just that they wanted to, but they said that they uh, were willing to work with both Trapdoor and Polytron, and Trapdoor is the investor um, behind Fez for Polytron, uh, but they decided not, but not Microsoft, but Polytron decided not to. Polytron and Trapdoor decided not to. You know, I guess accept whatever offer they came up with. I'm pretty sure they weren't gonna give it to them for free. I mean, obviously not because that would totally fix the issue. Uh, that we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. But you know, whatever numbers that Microsoft is spitting out, they, uh, I guess, Polytron and Trapdoor felt it was just too much, and that you know, 99% is acceptable. That's uh, that's that's pretty much it. So there's been positive things said there's been negative things said about you know either side like some people are like oh it's microsoft's fault because the patches are forty thousand dollars is way too much and that sucks for the developers and some people are saying well uh you know polytron knew the deal when they signed the contract and they went with xbox live because they thought it would give them the most money so they should have to deal with this um yeah, so I guess my or I, we're just gonna talk about what we how we feel about it. Um, I know me personally, I understand it is forty thousand dollars, but I think that Polytron has a responsibility to their customers. So I don't think there is an acceptable acceptable amount of of users that can't play your game that they paid for. It's the same standard that I hold Bethesda to or any other developer with a broken game. Like, uh, for example, id. Like, I don't even know, like, the next id game that comes out, I don't even know if I'm going to buy it. Because with Rage, my Rage was working just fine. They release a patch, and now Rage is damn near unplayable for me. You know? So, should I, even if I am, like, because I actually, I, it's kind of the same situation, because I am on the lower end of people who are having that problem. Uh, with this specific uh, series of card. It's a high-end card, but for some reason, it f- doesn't fucking work well with whatever they did. And uh, to my knowledge, they haven't fixed it yet. So, I mean, I, I I hold them to that, you know, to that standard. Like, every, I bought the game, it should work fine for me. And the thing about this is, like, I understand it's a corrupted save, but it's affecting people who, first of all, Fez is a puzzle game, if you didn't know that. So, play... Puzzle games don't really have a lot of replay value, if at all. So, I guess you can still play the game and you can make a new save file. And the new save file won't corrupt because it's made with the new patch stuff. But um, if you already beat most of the game, solve muscle puzzles, or beat the game itself, which apparently, like, the last puzzle is supposed to be extremely difficult, why would you want to go through that? It does feel like a huge waste of time.
1: Yeah, but if if you already solved them, then you should know what you're doing. You should be able to get through it
0: pretty quickly. Yeah, but why would you want to do that again? It's like well, it, it,
2: Fez is a different animal though. Like I I kid you not, like puzzles in Fez aren't like puzzles in Portal. Like puzzles in Fez require you to like write down binary code, convert it into, you know, like uh, like some other language and then like use that to like put in your puzzle. It's not just a puzzle game like it's like a game that requires you to like take paper and shit and write stuff down and do all sorts of ridiculous things after a point. So in a sense, like sure, you can just kind of run through and find those, you know, everybody's got solutions to anything on the Internet, go to GameFAQs or whatever, but that still sucks. And like, it's something you didn't have to do.
0: Very true. And the thing is, like, and you're, you're right, like a lot of the puzzles do do yeah, like, You actually have to Like I remember when there was one puzzle where it was three-dimensional, but of course I can only see it from two dimensions. I had to take a piece of paper and draw it out so I can figure out how to solve the puzzle. But the thing is, once you know the solution, like, I, like once I know the solution to that puzzle, I know how to do it. Figuring that puzzle out was the big thing behind it. And now, like, well, my save file didn't corrupt, uh, you know, luckily. But for somebody who's done all that, like, I, it'll feel like a total waste of time. You know?
1: Would there be a way that he could just release save files and just say, okay, like, here is a save file having completed, you know, each of the different puzzles all the way up to the end? Or, I mean, is, is there any sort of, I guess, uh, uh, sort not of like any free. unique aspects to, know, to your I, game that I, they couldn't I, replicate?
0: I know what you're talking about. Yeah, not for free. If he did release really save files, like, let's say his little DLC pieces, I'm not going to do that for free.
2: Well, you could always put it on, you know, say your site and have people just upload it to a USB. But yeah, I mean, that's still like, yeah. that's not really fixing the problem with your game. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I mean, he, like, I'm not going to say he has a huge attitude about it, but his kind of, you know, he had this letter. Oh, uh, not letter. Sorry. But this post that he wrote he was like, yeah, sucks. Sorry, guys. And he probably does feel sorry about it, but doesn't feel sorry enough. In my opinion, because if he felt sorry enough, he'd get this taken care of. And it's not just like a lot of people trying to make it seem like it's just Polytron, like they put up all the money for this game, you know, to put it on Xbox Live. But they didn't. They have an investor, you know, they like Trapdoor, who also, you know, they 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 have another game, at least at least one other game on Xbox Live and PSN. Uh, they they're the ones behind Warp. But uh, you know, it's both of them putting their money to get us on Xbox Live. And another thing about Xbox Live that, I, you know, I, there, you know a lot of people may mention, like, well, you know, this shows that the Microsoft isn't for indie developers and all that stuff. Xbox Live was not made for indie developers. Xbox Live Indie Games was made for indie developers, specifically. I mean, Xbox Live was made for smaller games, but not necessarily indie games, like smaller games with publishers. That's why they treat, they kind of treat it the way they do, you know? Plus the whole 40000 thousand dollar thing, that is a deterrent. It's supposed to be a deterrent. It's supposed to be a deterrent so that you make sure that your games are working before you put it on the system, so there's not a whole bunch of patches coming out, you know from the system. how much How much does fair sell for? Uh, 15? Ten bucks oh, Ten bucks okay.
2: Yeah, well, it, I don't know when it started at, but it's 800 Microsoft points now. Um, they sold they sold a hundred thousand copies by May. So I don't know what its sales at are now. So I'm like, this. I guess that's my, like, it's a multi-part problem. It's like what you were saying before, that, like, you know, some people blame you know Polytron, some people blame Microsoft, and, like, the truth is, like, the fault lies with them both. I think. I mean, $40,000 is kind of ridiculous, like, because, I mean, especially when you're talking huge games, I mean, like, they have more money to throw around, but you're saying, like, okay, we want you to get it right the first time. Yeah. No, (laughs) like that's not always going to happen. I mean, I think a game of like Fez's size should have been right the first time. I mean, you worked on that game for seven years. (sighs) How in the world did you?
0: And you do get the first patch for free.
2: Yeah, like you and like, I mean, some of the bugs that that were in the game were not severe, severe, but I mean, were pretty bad considering the time frame that they had to work on it and everything else. Right. And then you release a patch and then it. Introduces a problem that was already in the game. The the law saves to other people that didn't have the problem before. I'm just like I'm wondering how many more people the like only one percent of people were affected, but how many pe- more people were affected after the patch than were before the patch with that with that particular problem. But either way, it's like I I'm a re- like I I as somebody who understands like you know just realism in business like I I get it one percent you know out of If 100,000 people bought your game, 1% of that, okay, that's a number that you don't necessarily worry about too badly. So, yeah, $40,000 versus that, eh, okay, I could understand why they wouldn't, but I would like to think that they would to show the customers that paid money for their game that they would make it right. I think that they should have made it right, personally.
1: I think that's that's where it hurts him Is is the repeat performance? Like Jarrett was right. even saying before about how he's not going to buy another id game because of rage. I think, you know, basically, the, the, I mean, what you're looking at about a thousand people, you know, so that's what like forty dollars a person mm-hmm. to you know keep them happy, and uh,
2: you and know, you made a million dollars at least, or well, yeah, maybe not right. a million dollars because Microsoft probably takes thirty thirty percent. The forty percent was what I also what I've they seen. are
0: investors; they have to pay back.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, no. Yeah, you don't have a full million dollars or something, but even if you get five hundred thousand, forty thousand out of that to make things right for people that supported you and bought your game, I, I would think that like in the long term that would help you more. Okay. But you know, maybe I'm just being optimistic. You know, just being kind of
0: well. The, the thing, it's gonna. The thing I think it, it stretches past more than let's say the thousand people or or the one percent, because you know, like I don't have the corrupted save issues. And I would be very wary of buying another Polytron game. And I didn't even have the issue. But because of how they treated this incident, how am I supposed to know that the next game they come out with isn't going to have a problem, you know, a problem, and then they decide not to fix it because it costs too much? Or for what, maybe not even because it costs too much, but just other factors like, well, we decided to move on to another game or something like that. They wouldn't be the first developer that did it. Black Ops players
2: yeah you know? or or any other major game really i mean skyrim even yeah yeah i mean skyrim didn't have too many game breaking bugs but i mean it had a lot of just random different bugs so yeah yeah they wouldn't be the first
0: but yeah i think this 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 stretches past uh you know past just people who are affected to even people like me who weren't affected but now i'm like okay i see how how you do i see how you treat your customers not saying that they, they just kicked these guys and were totally disrespectful, but, you know, you're not making it right. You're not making it right. And, yes, they can play the game, but the experience is ruined. If it was me, my experience would be ruined. I would just uninstall the game and not play it again. You know, but hey. But, uh, I, th- I, think, we're, I think that story is done. I don't think we're gonna see any bit, I don't think we're gonna see any more <laughs> from that. You know, I think they're gonna move on and you know, Phil Fish is going to go back to insulting Japanese developers.
1: <laughs> they they should develop a, a solution for this, and just to show him up.
0: <laughs> Actually, it was funny because in his, in one of his statements, he said, "You know, if we release this on Steam, this wouldn't be an issue." You know, trying to place the blame on Microsoft. But um, then why did not Mr- he release it on wait, 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 wait. Steam? Mr- Mr- they, Mr- exactly, Mister <laughs> Mr- <laughs> Fish. I we remember this the the PC gaming master race talking here. We remember when you said that PCs are only good for spreadsheets. <laughs>
2: so, Phil yeah. Fish says a lot of things, and he's not the only person that made that game. So I, I can only take so much from that. <laughs> like, right. Phil Fish is just the guy who's got a big mouth. We're like,
0: elephants, we don't forget. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, I didn't forget the epic thing with the piracy. I'm not forgetting this, Phil Fish. And I get away with this but uh actually if it did come out on pc I'm, poor, I'm pretty sure it's selling hotcakes and they're probably looking to do a pc port anyway but um yeah, let's move on to our next topic talk a little bit about some some dead space and bad reporting how about that dead space and bad reporting
2: yeah that's a big surprise
0: yeah <laughs> so i think it was Eurogamer that had the first article or it was a Eurogamer or it might have been uh, M
2: MCU, MCV UK.
0: Yeah, sorry, MCV UK. Um, I knew it was one of those European sites, but they—what uh, was it? uh Friday morning? Friday morning release. Boom headline: Dead EA says Dead Space is too scary, and that's why they added co-op. It's pretty much what the headline was getting across, and uh, it took some choice—some uh, choice cuts from a statement. That uh, somebody from EA made, saying that you know they did some market research and they saw that people thought the game was scary and they wanted to play with other people. When that wasn't really the full statement behind that, I actually have the full statement here, which says uh, we were hearing feedback that they loved the thriller game, but it was pretty scary. And the next, and the obvious next step is that they wanted to play with someone, so we introduced co-op into the game. Uh, so, you know, basically with the, the way the MVC UK was putting it is that because it was so scary, they put co-op in the game to make it less scary, to open it up for a broader audience. Uh, but Ben Kuchera, he, uh, you know, he had an article on Penny Arcades saying that wasn't the case that they put the co-op in, because yes, they do want to, you know, um, expand the game to a larger audience, but at the same time, it's still going to be just as scary. Um, I'm still skeptical on that, but not because of the co-op, just because of what I've seen from the game so far. You know, uh, military, well, not military shooter, but like you know, way more shooting than I've seen in any other Dead Space so far. <laughs> but, you know, we've talked about that before. Um, a lot of stuff they show in trailers is going to be action-based because it's hard to relay horror. So uh, I'm, I'm going to buy Dead Space 3, but I'm skeptical at this point.
1: The stuff with the too much shooting. Have you seen any of the single player footage or it's all just been co-op?
0: Uh no, just co-op, stuff. co-op I, stuff.
1: I hope that it's maybe that's just a feature of the co-op is that they just let you have like unlimited ammo. Maybe the single player will be the way it was.
0: Uh maybe I don't know. Well, you know, I want to I want to get into that a little later cuz I do have something to say about that. What I want to talk a little bit about first though is that terrible reporting job for an (laughs) It was like Fox News. It was. It was like, you know, they pick choice words, make sensationalist headlines, and it's not just them. I don't want to pick on them alone because we see it all the time. Link bait, sensationalist headlines, Kotaku, Joystick. Like, I remember uh, around the time where that, uh, you know, the Xbox rumors were floating around, and Joystick... Boom! around the front page. Report. This is what's in the next Xbox 360.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was there when you found that. You were uh, <laughs> you were excited to say the least.
0: Yeah, if by excited you mean angry, I was very excited <laughs> because I was like, really, like, like you know, you're supposed to be like a gaming, a game, like a like a, a legit, you know, game news site, and you're just you're reporting rumors fact, but in reality, they're just making sensationalist headlines to try to get people to write it. You know, it's just it's just funny to me that people are trying to put drama where there is none just to, you know, you know, add a little TNT to their Friday. Oh, but that's that's game journalism. It would seem as it's a damn shame. I no. got it. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, 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 no. I'm just thinking of a headline where you basically said the that ga- that game journalists want to blow everybody up by adding TNT to their Friday. Oh.
0: <laughs> should we make that the headline? I, to, we uh, should. Oh, well, you know.
2: It, is a, line. Line. it yeah. is a good line. It is a good line.
0: That's that's a headline you know, get people to, you know, tune in to mash those buttons.
2: <laughs> um I mean Report I think it is
0: suicide bombers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, 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 oh. oh man. Um I, I mean I yeah, it's it's normal. I think the thing that that's that really is telling us it wasn't just like oh MVC MC MVC UK like got it all wrong because they're trying to be sensationalist about it Because um, you know, they do that anyway uh, But just the fact that there's such an echo chamber that like it's not even like a lot of game sites aren't even getting their news From source like actual sources or doing any real reporting, you know, they're dependent on PR and looking at other sites you know, like, that's where news comes from. Like, I, if you read, a, a, like, a site, chances are, like, unless you're looking at maybe Penny Arcade or Poor Verge, maybe a couple other exceptions, there's not any, like, original reporting going on. They, that's stuff from press releases and maybe some impressions and, you know, your your random reviews and stuff. But most of the news that you see is, you know... That's it's recycled like I mean somebody got it, but it's probably some some site you've never heard of and nobody visits that the major site pulled the information from and didn't. And, and a lot of times probably didn't even give credit to well,
1: even, so, if, even even if they did get credit. How many times do people actually go and follow the links sites, all the way yeah. back to
2: the I got all the information already? Why do I need to go to that site?
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And who knows? Who, I mean, you know, if that's the only story that site broke or something, you know, like there's a lot of different things. But yeah, it's. It, it's just a shame, and the funny thing is just the fact that like it's not going to be a less scary game. Like it's just going to be, I guess you know that same sort of like you're seeing a movie with a friend, you know, a scary movie with a friend. Like it's still scary, but not necessarily the same sort of scary. It's the scary you can kind of share with somebody, and the single player game is still supposed to be the same amount of scary. So I, I suppose don't know. I. Supposedly. I mean, we're basing it off anything that's being said, but that's all we have to go off of, really. Right,
0: yeah. And so, it, The thing about Dead Space is that the first two games I felt were so good that I will give the third the benefit of the doubt until I play it. At least. <laughs> I owe it that much. You know what I'm saying? But did, the, this is like kind of one of the things I wanted to get into is my when I did read that people wanted to you know, some people did want to play with friends to kind of make it less scary, you know, for them. Why are you um, space. Exactly. Yes. Why? It defeats the purpose. <laughs> it really defeats the purpose, man. <laughs> <laughs> like like why are you doing this? You know? Uh. I can understand like, you know, if you're a little bit nervous, you play with the lights on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I can understand that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna take, you know, your bravery card away for that. But you won't you won't play it unless you have somebody to play with. Like, like first of all, it makes it less scary. It makes it less tense. Like adding like for, that's why you know seeing so seeing bullets fly around the way I did during the demos made me a little leery because you know when you have guns, first of all, you put a gun into uh, into a horror game, it makes it a bit less scary. But you know with Resident Evils, at least in the beginning, you know, with the early Resident Evils, even Dead Space. You know, you, uh, you have limited ammo. I mean, in Dead Space, if you want to, if you, if you crack every, like, if you stomp every single thing in that game as you pass by, you will have a decent amount of ammo. But who does that? You know? But the thing is, like, you know, the playing the horror games is that tense feeling. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that tense feeling that you don't know where the next thing is coming from. You, you, you are extremely aware of your surroundings. Every shadow, every light, every sound. You know, a, a drop of water. Like, oh, what was that? You know what I'm saying? Something's coming to kill me. <laughs> you know, Let me turn around. You know, something like that is the experience of the game. You know what I'm saying? That, that tense feeling. And then if you play with a friend, like, what's the point? Why don't you just go play like Gears of War and kill stuff?
1: maybe, maybe you want to share that tense experience because you know you can play the game, and the other person's clutching onto you for dear life, you know, freaking out. But
0: no, who's that's the thing? Like, you play with a friend; it takes it away. If somebody else is there, it it takes away the 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 the, the tense feeling, the scariness. you know, and I don't don't want another grown man clenching me. Well, who says you're playing with a grown man? that's well, yeah, true, I guess. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, my girlfriend doesn't play Dead Space. Well, uh, <laughs> maybe she should. She won't. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, but I, let's, let's be honest, but I think most people are going to play with their, like, their, like you know, their friends. Most gamers are male, they're going to play with their male friends. You know, not saying anything against female gamers, but I think that's just going to be the way it is, statistically speaking. You know what I'm saying? So let's roll let's roll with that, that you know, you're playing with another friend to lighten I guess the tense burden, like why even play at that point? Just go play another co op game. That's not scary.
2: I think that's the only thing I I take issue with as far as the the actual release it's a, the press release itself is the fact that, you know, companies feel the need like they you can say, Oh man, yeah, they wanted us to add co op because they thought the game was too scary. But who who can actually really confirm or deny that like it, it's kind of almost like PR speak for like, oh, we had to add multiplayer into the game because, you know, we're trying to like add multiplayer and everything because that's what everybody's doing, really. And we needed a reason for it that didn't seem like we were just we're just adding it, you know, at a whim. So, oh, people wanted us to add it. We're We're doing what people wanted. And I, I I think in a way it almost comes across as like a bad PR speak argument for like adding it, but like that's a totally different issue from like what they what did the press release say. Right. So I mean, the, it the, you know the, the the reporting is still at fault, but I think that there is that that tendency. But it's that's what PR's job is is to spin things to make them look good. So you know because you have people who oh Dead Space Two is going to be multiplayer grown you know co op grown like. It, so I think there's a tendency, to like, to have to, to feel like you need to justify it amongst PR, but you know maybe you don't need to. Maybe you just need to let the game speak for itself. But then PR wouldn't have a job. So you yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but oh, yeah. it's also
1: it's too early for the game to speak for itself. They have you know they've oh, shown so us barely anything. So I mean they've got a. They've got to lead, lead out in the front on that. So.
2: And yet some people have played it. So, I mean, get it in more places. They could fucking bus around the country or something and let people play Dead Space. I know that's not really, you know, with an M-rated game, all that logistically sound, but, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, the co-op does concern me a little bit because it is drop-in, drop-out co-op. They can come in at any point and leave at any point. And the thing about co-op is that you just can't make a single-player game and then stuff a second person in there. Especially for a game like Dead Space. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine if you had drop-in, drop-out co-op for Dead Space 2 and those points where, you know, his his, his uh, well, I don't want to spoil it, for sanity's very, cracking. But, yeah, but thank you, thank you. <laughs> sanity's <laughs> cracking, you know. Those points come up. How, like, how would that work? You know? And, I, the, and a lot of stuff in Dead Space, like, think about Dead Space 1 and Dead Space 2, where you're walking around the corner and all of a sudden you just get yoked up by something. You know? not only what, are they going to yoke up the both of you or just the one you know
2: right I think the only way I mean like I, the problem is like with any segments that are specifically uh, you know <laughs> uh, like any, any, any segments that are specifically like cinematically in that way that like something falls out of the ceiling and grabs you and you got to try and like you know cut you know a limb so that you can get free or whatever the case is um, I mean, like those are going to be a problem, but.
0: And now that I think more about it, like now that you brought it up, like I wasn't even thinking about this before. Like, there some of the best moments in Dead Space are those moments. Like I uh, remember in Dead Space Two when you get to the top of the church, and that whole scene happens. You know that was a that was an awesome scene, and it wasn't a short scene either. I would say that whole thing lasted for a good five, maybe you know, seven minutes. And that whole thing was really cinematic. Like, it was the camera angles. And you weren't really in full control. Like, you know, you weren't controlling where he was going, per se. But you hit a button here. Okay, shoot this thing here. Okay, now you're out in fucking space. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, how are you supposed to get those moments back? Like, Dead Space 2 was, one of, was my favorite cinematic game of that year.
2: Oh, well, I mean, certainly and definitely, still like bringing back the actual scariness of games. But um, I think the well, for one thing, you know, if you got a friend that's going to leave you during those segments, when like, okay, now that, there's two things that are going to pop out and grab you both, or whatever, or something comes out and grabs both of you, like, and they leave during that, your friend's a douchebag. Um, <laughs> but uh, other than that, like, I mean, I I think that you know. It, they, I mean and it's what it's what it's been described as but the same way that like say like borderlands like if you can drop in and drop out of a game like that and like, the mo- like there's not necessarily more monster. I mean in certain cases there may be more monsters or more enemies But for the most part thing enemies just get stronger on the whole that like dead space is supposed to work kind of similar to that I mean as far as cinematic experience goes and like having actual scares and those moments like in Dead Space 2 If you got somebody dropping out and it changes something like mid swing or doesn't change it That would that that is definitely a problem and I don't know how they can work their way around that Is it really drop in drop out? You know anytime multi co-op if You can't drop out when a cinematic is playing or or like an interactive moment is happening, you know Okay, well, I'll just fucking put the controller down or whatever, you know Like and then you both die because this person just doesn't want to play now or whatever the case may be I don't know just It's just kind of shitty, and I I hope they've worked out something around that, because, I mean, if you're thinking like, I'm thinking, my thought was always going to the times where you're just like, okay, we're going from, like, one place to another, and it's, like, still creepy, but there's nothing that's actually happening, and then, you know, okay, man, I gotta call it a night, I'll see you later. You drop out, enemies get a little bit weaker, to the point where, you know, you can deal with them on your own, but it's still dead space, and you move on. But, yeah, if you're in the middle of Actual action or stuffs going. I have no idea. I have no idea how that would work. That would be the shittiest thing ever. Like, <laughs> okay, a whole bunch of creepy dead necromorph children just came out skittering out of the woodwork. Let's get him. Oh, he's fucking gone. Oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> wow, maybe they, maybe they just made a game scarier. Maybe they just did. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm not. I'm not 100% convinced in the co-op thing. But like I said, I will give it the benefit of the doubt until oh, uh, yeah.
2: I'm not convinced either. But yeah,
0: it, it, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna. Oh, Nick, you got anything else to say? Because I think we're gonna wrap this thing up. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I'm just
1: curious. Yeah. There's. There's definitely a disconnect between what you're saying about the drop in, drop out, and what kuchera has been saying about how they've constructed the story. So I'm curious to see how that resolves itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, obviously, more news to come as they release it to us, because you know that's how it kind of works <laughs> in the gaming game journalism world. But um, yeah, so it's, let's 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 let uh, let's wrap this thing up. Let's talk about what's coming out next week. Uh, so, hmm, what is next week?
1: Uh, the thirtieth to the the fifth.
0: 30th to the fifth. Gotcha. Okay. So let's see, um, we got Deadlight coming out, so that should be pretty good. Deadlight, uh, that's going to be the next summer of Arcade Game. Uh, There's apparently an Expendables video game
2: yeah stuff. I saw that and I'm like I have no idea like they don't even have like a video preview or anything like obvious and I'm like I, what I'm just curious what kind of a game it is
0: I saw I is it saw even screen- like a 3d game I saw, <laughs> I, saw, I saw screenshots of people jumping out of ha- like an airplane that's with parachutes on
2: I, I would
1: or' just make it like a contra ripoff with just Stallone's head
0: <laughs> that would be awesome but that would be a great game yeah, yeah that, that'd be awesome yeah. Just tap A for explosions. (laughs) You know, but the only screenshot I saw of of two guys jumping out of an airplane, that's all. Um, Let's see, other than that, we have Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. I think I said that correctly. Which this is supposed to be, I I think, like, the Kingdom Hearts that connects 2 and 3. So it's supposed to be like the Chain of Memories, but, you know, now between 2 and 3. Uh, Risen 2, which is coming out for the 360 and the PS3 now. Orcs Must Die, uh, which is coming out for the PC. Two. Orcs Must Die 2. Oh, Orcs Must Die 2. Oh,
2: like, one's getting released again on something? <laughs> like, okay.
0: And then there is something called Grow Lancer, which is coming out for PSP, which looks like an RPG. Uh, so it should be a pretty good release. I played Dead the Deadlight like, at PAX and it was pretty interesting uh so i'm probably definitely gonna pick that up we should have a review up for it i think monday should so we'll 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 see about that (laughs) but we're pressing for it so uh but yeah that is going to wrap us up uh as always thanks for listening uh you're probably listening on soundcloud but if you're not we are on soundcloud which is soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons we're also on itunes you can subscribe there and get uh, the podcast directly to your itunes uh feed uh we're at twitter.com slash mtb site facebook.com slash mash those buttons youtube.com slash mash those buttons raptor.com slash topic slash mash those buttons We're all over the place. (laughs) We're on uh, Stitcher Smart Radio as well. Yeah, yeah. We're on Stitcher Smart Radio, so uh, on your Android and iOS device, you can just tune in there. And, uh, yeah, that is going to wrap us up. So, like I said, thanks for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. I promise. Later. Have a great weekend.